and we're back to the prettiest podcast in the nation. This episode's going to be a little wonky. Um, I'm, <clears throat> how do I put this? Out of it, over it, all of the above. Um, so, I wasn't going to make this podcast, but I then realized that this is the whole point of this podcast, is for me to be vulnerable and be more open and honest with myself and you guys. So, that is what this is. This is going to be, I don't. Uh, this podcast could be five minutes long or this podcast could be, I don't know how long, but... A lot's been going on lately. Um, Tyre Nichols has passed away. Um, If you haven't seen that, he is a black man from Memphis. He was about two years older than me, or a couple more. Either late 30s or early 30s or late 20s. And so if you don't know what happened, I will tell you now. Tyre Nichols on January 7th was pulled over by the police. Police instantly stated that the traffic stop was due to reckless driving, but later the Memphis police chief said that the footage showed no evidence of that to cause a traffic stop. Officers open his door, pull him out, and wrestle him on the ground. And as Tyre said, I didn't do anything. Several officers try to force and pin him down to the ground while shouting threats as Tyre tells them, Okay, I'm on the ground. Seconds later, seconds later, officers appear to use a stun gun on Tyre. He breaks free and starts running in the direction of his mother's home less than 80 yards away. One of the body cam videos released shows Tyre later on the ground. Officers slap and push Tyre while he screams, Mom. A struggle ensues during which Tyre is killed at least, as is kicked, excuse me, at least twice in the face, beaten three times with a baton, with a baton. I'm, like I said, I'm out of it. Sprayed on the face with chemical, with like um, pepper spray, and punched in the head six times, all within three minutes. Tyre was then dragged to the nearby car, so. I'll do my summary after this. Um, And then seated at the upright position, at one point he slumps back and an officer props him back up. Two medics then arrive, and it takes them almost 16 minutes to get aid to him. The officers are just standing around and chatting. His last words, Tyre's last words, were him calling out to his mother. He died in the hospital three days later. Five of the police officers who were involved were fired. The officers were charged on um, the 28th with kidnapping and murder and second-degree murder. Tyre's father was uh, was the father of a four-year-old. He loved his skateboard, and Tyre was the father of a four-year-old. He loved to skateboard and recently enrolled in a photography class. <clears throat> this never gets easier. And I would say that this is what gets me, irks me, does, like, 
everything to me. Like I feel defeated right now. That's what I feel like. I feel defeated because when this was happening and the whole internet was in an uproar, I don't know, man. They just, they just don't get it. This is just going to keep happening until everybody in the world's best friend that's black dies. Then everybody will care. Then all the white people will care. But hey, man, shout out. Thanks for posting that black square. <laughs> like I said, man, I feel defeated, bro. Like, <clears throat> in this body cam footage that was released, he was pulled out of the car and then just, like, gang beat. Like, straight up, these five cops gang beat him. One of them punches him in the face, punches him in the face. And then another one comes in when he's on the ground and just kicks him for no fucking reason. It's... I'm disgusted because this is, this is, this, this keeps happening. Okay. This, this keeps fucking happening and it's not going to stop. And I don't know what to do. I, 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 I don't know what to do. What everybody was thinking was going to happen was a bunch of riots were going to uh, break out and protests were going to break out. And so in Minneapolis and seven other cities, Cops were just rolling around with, like, 30 cop cars just rolling around, just with their lights on, just saying, like, hey, we're fucking here, and you ain't doing shit. And that in and of itself is just gross. The... I just, the the way that the police are handling the situation, the Scorpion unit that did this in Memphis, the police chief seven days after that this happened, or a couple days after on January 7th, nobody really knew it happened because they were suppressing it and trying to cover it up. Um, The police chief was just like, yeah, the, uh, the Scorpion unit is the best unit out there. It's amazing. And then once this all gets public and all, and that was days after she obviously knew that that happened. So she was just trying to back them up days, weeks later, once the whole, we all found out about it, then it was, she disbanded it and she didn't believe what they did was right. And all this was wrong. And the way that Tyre's mom and dad were talking about it is they were just like, I don't want you guys to go out there and protest. I don't want you to do this. The same way that Amir Locke's family was, they, they didn't want any of that to happen because what they see on the, what everybody sees in the news is that people just go out and protest. But in reality, 60% of the people that are going into these towns that are doing that aren't from those places and they're not there to, be with their people they're there to cause a riot they're caught they're there to to loot they're there to do all of this and it just so happens that the last time this happened in minneapolis that the they were police officers that were doing that they were setting up pallets of bricks they were smashing things going in things and waiting till people to go into them and then they would arrest them and put them in an unmarked vehicle and take them away with unmarked people so the people thought that they were getting kidnapped that that's what they were waiting for, except this time they're just here showing force. There was a helicopter in Minneapolis that was flying around for four hours, just showing the presence with all the cop cars in there. And 
I, I was just like, I need to get the fuck out of the city. I'm not, I'm not going to, I, I, yeah. Ugh. Dude, I don't know what to do. I do not know what to do. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> and it's all that I've been thinking about. It's all that I've been thinking about. It's literally like, I, I, I <laughs> it's all I'm fucking thinking about. The, the, the way that they explain who, um, who Tyre is, like, it's just how I would see them explaining me if this is me. And so that's why I think that this just hurts a lot more than it does. I, or not a lot more than it does, but like, you get what, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, I, <laughs> it fucking hurts. And here's the other thing too, that, that came out. The justice department report says police are fully, aren't fully reporting hate crimes to the federal government, an incomplete picture. No fucking shit. Cause it'll make them look bad. And nobody wants to tell you something that'll make them look bad. I don't know how I'm going to transition from this, but I'm going to try to now. So I just want everybody to just talk to your peoples. Check in with your peoples. Have fun with your peoples, okay? Because you don't know how long. Okay. So in Mississippi a couple months ago, there was this whole um, big thing that the their horrible living conditions and that the jail was because like they were taking in so much money and they were just not doing like putting it back into the jail. They were just the warden was taking it. And so Jay-Z and Yo Gotti, two rappers, were just... <clears throat> they took care of it. They they sued him, and on behalf of over 200 inmates at the Mississippi State Penitentiary, the jail improved their quality of inmates, and that is just proof that if we demand change, that they will listen. And just so you know, this took the one of the most richest black men in America to get a jail to do their job. So what is it going to take for us to get people to care about those people in the jail other than money? What are we going to do to make people care about the deaths that are happening? What are we going to make people do? Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm normally an optimist, but like the past couple of days, it's, it's been hard. It has been hard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You let me. You let me know if you know, because I don't know. Okay. Because I. I don't know. Because. The books that I'm reading, I'm trying to learn more about, but I also, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, what the fuck? You think that I would know. You think you would let me know, right? Like, <laughs> dude, just help me, anybody, please. That's a lie, I don't need help. I just, I, ah, you know? Like, that's just how I'm feeling. Oh, oh. Lil Yachty dropped an album. Let's 
you know, let's change it up. I feel so pretty. That's something we can talk about. I have, I would say I've never felt pretty. I've felt handsome and cute and hot, but I've never felt pretty. And I think it's because I haven't worn like flowers on my clothes or like stuff like that. Because honestly, when I think of pretty, I think of like pink, purple, um, a violet, an indigo, a like a bright yellow. That's what I think of pretty. Handsome, I think of more like darker colors with like one or two things popping out. Cute, I think of more like bright and vibrant colors like a yellow, a pink, a light purple, a lilac, a lavender, like a like that sort of thing. And hot, obviously, that's that's red, that's black, that's off white. I don't think white is hot. The color on clothes. <laughs> white people, they're hot. Black people, they're hot. Asian people, they're hot. There's African people, they're hot. There's so many different types of people. Those Brazilians down there, you know what I'm saying? The blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, like, I, like, I, like I've been saying, I don't no. Hope's all good in the hood for you. We're gonna. I'm, I'm up close now. I'm up close and listening to you now. Devote. I watched. Oh yes, we can get into some TV shows and movies. I watched this this show. It was or this movie. It's called Devotion, and the cast of Devotion. It is an insane cast. Let me pull up IMDb here. I. Uh, it's amazing. I don't know why I'm stuttering so much today. It's about a pair of U.S. Navy fighter pilots. They're aviators, and they risk their lives during the Korean War and become the Navy's most celebrated wing- wingman. And one of them is black, and he is like he, an amazing, amazing job done by his name is Jesse Brown in the movie, but it's Jonathan Mayers and Glenn Powell. Those two right there are amazing actors. He what 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 Jonathan does is he just looks in the mirror during this and he's just screaming like you fucking nigger, you don't deserve to be in this and you think for half the movie that he is talking to other people, but he's just looking in the mirror saying what other people have said to him and crying and then he goes and just does the best thing ever. One of the most punching points in that movie is when, and this is all based off of a true story as well, which makes it 10 times better. The most hitting point for me was when he was trying to land it on, land his, the new plane on the cargo bomber ship, on the cargo, cargo ship. He was like, they were all like, why isn't he following along with the person that's telling him like where to land and what to do? Cause there's people that, that are there, they're holding up like orange signs, just like when you're leaving for a flight on a plane, how you see people that are directing traffic with those orange, like small, thin cones that light up that same thing, but they're paper. And it's, it's just the earlier version of that. And he was like, why aren't you following him? And Jesse, Jesse Brown just goes, if I, that means that I trust him with my life. And how do I not not know that he doesn't want to kill me that day? So I have to do what I think is right. And I can't listen to him because if he wants to kill me, he can kill me. And that just hit home because it's like, you can't trust, you can 
do what you're supposed to do, but most of the time you can't because it's people. It all comes down to people and relations. And if they, if that person doesn't like you in the times when it was the Korean War, if that person doesn't like black people, you're dead. He could just kill you on purpose. He could say, go lower, 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 and then your, your nose hits the end of the ship on purpose. And so that's what he wasn't wanting to do, and that's what he doesn't want to do, is put his trust in people that he knows nothing about. And that's kind of, I also, I've been reading a lot of James Baldwin because that's what's been, honestly, I would say, getting, making all of this worth it. So I just want to read a little bit of this short story from James Baldwin out of one of his books. And as I became to realize who some of my teachers really were, I began to hear another tone in their swift, good natures aside to each other, a kind of shorthand which is not meant for me to translate. And with my family dealing with the hideous, or the, the hindus results of my father's working days, day and week. Wow, I can't read right now. <clears throat> and with my family dealing with the hideous results of my father's working day and week, and when I became to hate myself for at least profoundly to doubt my worth because I was a nigger, I became to understand the black cop of that time and place my father worked with white people all day long and all week long and that is why he hated them and i really do not believe that christ himself beseeching the or the threat of internal damnation could possibly have eradicated this hatred my father would have fed on it in hell he could not reach the white people he hated he couldn't strike them so he struck us and so was the black cop for his white co-workers just another nigger he couldn't strike them he couldn't take it out out on us wait he couldn't strike them but he could take it out on us this self-deprecating rage and anguish is because the man who is who wishes to bless is forced to curse and the hand who cares to for is forced to strike let me read that little part again I began to understand the black cop of that time and place. My father worked with white people all day and all week. That is why he hated them. And I really do believe that Christ himself beseeching or the threat of internal damnation, internal damnation could possibly have eradicated this hatred. My father would have fed on it in hell. He couldn't reach the white people he hated. He couldn't strike them. So he struck us. And just so like the black cop. For his white co-workers, he was just another black person. He couldn't strike them, but he could take it out on us. This self-prejudating rage and anguish is because the man who wishes to bless is forced to curse, and the hand who cares is forced to strike. That is one of those things that I read, and I was like, holy shit, James Baldwin, you're making so much sense. These black, these, these black cops can't they have to prove that they're one of them. They're like, we're better than this other black guy. So we have to prove it to our coworkers that we are. And if that's not what they're thinking, that's what their subconscious is because that is what they're trying to prove. Because why would a black person willingly be a cop and not invoke change or be a part of it when it's the whole system that's fucked up? Why is there, why are there some black people that don't give a shit about other black people? You know, like we're, as Troy Bolton once said, we're all in this together. Okay. 
So, shout out Troy, shout out Vanessa, shout out you for listening, and let's get through this. We can only go up from here. <laughs>